everybody. This is Lori Weaver. Welcome to Compulsive Overeating Diary, day 79. It's now been 33 weeks, six days since I began this experiment where I talk about my thoughts and feelings about compulsive overeating rather than heading for the chips. And today, after we listen to our inspirational snippet by Josh Woodward, I'm letting go, and I tell you what I'm gonna let go of today. We've got a lot of different things going on. We're going to have some very brief, brand new announcements. I promise, welcomes and announcements that you've never heard before. And I'm gonna sneak in a hello right now. Hi, Jenny. Jenny is a longtime listener who posted this week, so I'm really glad to hear you, but back to what's going to happen. I'm going to introduce two of our newest Brave Companions, Maria and Amy from Ohio, and share some of their touching letters, and it was their letters that really are triggering what I want to let go of today, I think. We also have two, count them two, calls to the Bravery Hotline. First, Courtney tells her story, and then Donnie shares her, the latest about her intuitive of eating journey. And we'll wrap up with assorted featured comments by Stephanie from Quebec, Amy from Wisconsin, and then the one that made me laugh out loud, again from our new companion, Courtney. Oh, that one made me laugh. So stay tuned. I'm going to listen to Josh, and then we'll talk more about what I'm going to let go of today. But I'm letting go. makes me so happy to sit up here on the next to top Zen place on my mountain in the company of a friendly woodpecker <laughs> and hearing the birds and breathing in the fresh air to listen to you and think about what I want to let go of today because it's kind of a tough one. It's a little bit related to the whole people-pleasing people thing, but what I need to let go of more is my false self. The false face that I present to other people, and even more importantly, the false face I present to myself. Now, what do I mean by that? What's a false face that we present to ourselves? I think all of us are pretty familiar with, you know, someone comes up to us at work or in a social situation says, oh, hi, how are you? And you, you know, you might be terrible, but you put a big smile on your face, say fine, and you move on. And that's kind of appropriate, that's small talk. When your close friend is, how are you? And you still slap that smile on your face and say, fine, even though your world is crumbling because you don't feel entitled to share how you really are, that's one kind of false face. But another one, which I think in a way is even more insidious, is when you have a false face to yourself, when you are fooling yourself. You know, when things just don't quite feel right, but you're saying, oh, that's okay with me. I don't mind that. I'm cool with that. The kinds of things that you tell yourself, oh, it doesn't matter. I didn't want to do that anyway. Or it's okay that this person disappointed me. You know, people have to disappoint you 
or things don't always go your way because we're human beings sharing this journey that we call life here in the world. And so sometimes you're up and sometimes you're down. Sometimes people go where you wanna go, sometimes they don't. Sometimes you go where they wanna go and sometimes you don't. But you should, well, I shouldn't even say should. I think for me, I want to have a feeling that I'm telling myself the truth. So if I'm disappointed, it's okay for me to be polite, but for myself, I need to acknowledge it. Wow, you know, I'm really disappointed about that. Or, wow, that really hurt my feelings. Whether or not this is an occasion where it's worth the battle to speak up and say to that person, hey, you hurt my feelings, or hey, you're disappointing me in this. You know, sometimes it's just not worth it. Sometimes it's really too small. And I think, again, speaking for myself, I'm a very tender belly person. I mean, I'm very sensitive. So don't you hate it, Brave Companions, when people look at you and say, you're just too thin-skinned. You're just too sensitive. Get over it. Well, guess what? Sometimes people are being jerks. But we can also, there is a little bit of truth to that. We can be extremely sensitive. And because of that, we have this little bit of inner tummy armor, I call it, that we have for ourselves. We don't like to even admit to ourselves when something hurts because then we feel that deep pain. We feel it a lot. And that's why the robot aliens were uh, outer armor for me, you know, kind of for the big deals or even the boredom deals. I could just, you know, call the robot aliens in and we could go eat some stuff and then I could have fun eating and then I could have fun ruminating about how I was eating and then I could also distract myself by planning how I was going to diet and stop eating so much. All of those things I talked about last time that filled my life to the brim so I didn't have to feel anything. Well, the trouble with not feeling anything when you block out the pain and the sorrow you also block out the capacity to feel peaceful, joyful, truly thrilled by things. You know, something that I love is when I meet somebody who is enthusiastic, right? How would you like to go hiking with me? I'd love to go hiking with you versus, yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, maybe they both are in or, you know, thrilled. But to always get, okay, or eh, or it doesn't matter to me, doesn't give me that same burst of energy right? How would you like to call the hotline and do foolish fun? Hey, yeah, that sounds great. I'd love to do foolish fun. That would please me. Or, eh, okay, Lori wants me to call foolish fun, so I guess I'll do it. Now, to be fair, none of the foolish funders who've called gave me that sense, and I'm using it just as an easy example. Enthusiasm is really contagious, but if it's fake enthusiasm, it shows. Believe me, you don't fool anybody, even yourself. I mean, try it. Think of something that you have done or are planning to do on someone else's behalf and you're really not thrilled about it. And now say out loud, I can't wait to go do this thing or I can't wait to do this for you. How does it sound to yourself? Okay, now find something that you really love to do. And this one might be tricky because for a lot of us, we don't know what we love to do. But for me, I do love to go hiking. I love it. So today I got that opportunity to go hiking. Mark and I were gonna go bike riding and do some hill work, which I must be honest, is not my favorite training thing, 
before our bike race, it needs to be done. But Mark woke up with one of those stiff necks that you get sometimes, you know, when you sleep wrong. And so it's just not feasible for him to go bike riding. So I'm thinking, well, I'm very sorry for you, honey, and I'm sorry we're not doing training. But secretly, inside, I'm like, Yahoo, I can go hiking. I can do day 79. I'm really excited because tomorrow is, I was planning to do day 79, but it's going to be a little bit crowded schedule-wise. So now I have this free opportunity to do what I love. So here I'm going to say, I love to go hiking. I'm really excited. In my heart of hearts, I'm glad that we're not going bike riding and doing hill work. I am not glad that my husband has an injury, but I'm glad I don't have to do hill work on the bike today. That would have been kind of, you know, work, training, things I do to build my muscles in order to make my bike race, my bike race better. Those are all good goals and things I want to do, but it would be kind of like a to-do list thing, not something from my heart. This, hiking, getting to do day 79, yahoo, the whole thing is right up my alley, everything that I want. And in the past, I might have said like, oh, I'm really sorry we're not going bike riding, honey. And then tried to make Mark feel better, go make him some food or try to do some things and then maybe done chores around the house. Instead of having the thought, well, if you're not going bike riding, what would you like to do? What I would like to do is go hiking. Hooray. So here I am having a really wonderful morning when I could have been feeling a little bit disappointed or at sea because my planned activity didn't happen the way I thought. And we've talked about that a little bit too, how, how driven I've been by schedules and plans and, and if things don't happen the way I expect, how upsetting that is to me. And now that I'm thinking about my false self and my true inner self, I can see that in a way schedules are another way that I can protect myself from having to actually feel or experience life. Does that make sense, brave companions? Because if you kind of make a plan, A, B, C, and you have dates and times, that's a really great way to accomplish work or to accomplish a goal. Without a plan and a deadline, you tend to just sort of spin your wheels a lot of the time on goals and things, whether it's business or physical or whatever you want to do. But, you know, if the only time that you think about planning, and usually planning is with our logical side, the logical, logistical side that's figuring out when, where, who, what are we doing stuff is not necessarily our heart side. Our heart is usually when you're in the presence of who you love or you're taking time to meditate or for me I like to soak in the bath and just let my mind wander or when I go hiking and I sit here in the Zen spot and I observe the birds and hear the sounds of nature I hear that still inner voice. I feel that wonderment. That's my heart. And my heart doesn't always coincide with my schedules, right? My heart doesn't always coincide. And sometimes we're very quick to agree or disagree with something because we want to take it off the to-do list. You know, yes, I'll do that. How do I get that done? Let me get that done right now. Check, it's done. I do that a lot. I try to get something off my plate immediately. Okay, I think that's really a funny analogy. Off my plate. I want this off my plate right now. And that's really opposite from how I'm trying to eat because now I'm trying to have the food on my plate. 
and to enjoy it with my eyes, with my smell, to be able to smell it, to enjoy how it looks, to savor its flavor, to let it remain there. And if I get full or the food stops tasting good, to let it stay on that plate rather than going into my body where it's going to turn into some extra fat for me to carry up the mountain. But I think that off my plate immediately is how I used to eat too. Let me pile this on the plate. Let me scoop it up really fast now. In the gullet, down, 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 down. Chew it up, swallow it more and more and more. Let me get seconds, thirds, fourth. Because I would be so busy getting food off the plate, I didn't really even notice when it was on the plate. And I think I've done the same with my life. I think because I haven't really paid attention to who I am for myself, whether I express it or not, because I haven't really been spending time listening in to my heart. Who do you like to spend time with? What do you like to do? What are your hopes and dreams? What do you want to do in the world? If today was the last day of your life, what would people say about you? And is that what you would want them to say? Is your legacy coming alive every single day? Are you behaving in a way that is authentic to yourself, that is like a living testament? Every day is a testament to who and what you really are. Boy, that's getting deep up here on the mountain. But after all, I'm in the Zen spot, right? I'm in the Zen spot and thinking how often I plaster that smile on my face for myself. And I bury the rage or disappointment or sadness down deep and how that used to bubble up in the urge to crunch on chips. Now, brave companions, I'm trying very hard that when I feel sadness or anger, I go in some other way, whether it's talking to you or banging on the pillow on my bed and saying, screw you, screw you, screw you, you make me so mad. Or when it's appropriate to try to verbalize it to the person in the relationship I'm with, right? My friendship, my family members, whoever it is, I try to verbalize that. You know, this hurt my feelings when you said this, or when you made this assumption about me, this is what happened and how I felt, and this is really how it is. This is how I really feel about that situation. That's really tough, <laughs> really tough, but it feels so freeing. And so after I got the wonderful letters that I'm going to read you in just a little bit, it really made me think about this topic. How are we false to ourselves? How can we make time to get our know our, to know ourselves a little better? And how can we safely express that? Well, brave companions, I've done my expressing for today, so now I think it's time for announcements and then to move on with the show. Announcement number one. Welcome to our newest brave companion, Rachel, who posted on day six and also recommended a new podcast for us to check out. Here's what Rachel has to say. Hi there, I only discovered your podcast a few days ago when messing around in iTunes. Previously downloaded Winning the Diet War with Dr. Nina. Was curious about what else was on offer and your podcast was there. Well, what a wonderful resource. I'm only on day six and there are so many things you say which are resonating with me too. It's been a revelation. So just to let you know you're doing a great job and please carry on. I will be back here soon once I have caught up a bit. One big thank you from me. 
Well, thanks, Rachel. We look forward to hearing more from you. And I briefly took a listen to Dr. Nina, and I think I want to hear some more. And Brave Companions, I'll post the name of Dr. Nina's podcast and a link to it on U.S. iTunes on today's show notes in case you'd like to check it out as well. And that would be on CompulsiveOvereatingDiary.com, day 79. Announcement number two. Exciting news for the binge listeners. I finally finished creating a PDF certificate you can download or print when you want to reward yourself for catching up to the very latest show. It has a fillable field for your name, so if you open it in Acrobat or Acrobat Reader, you can type your name in the certificate before you print it out. Otherwise, just print it out and fill in your name by hand. It's a thank you to you from me for devoting so much of your valuable life to listening to my show. Well done. That's a whopping bunch of listening, I'll say. I'll put the link to your PDF congratulations certificate on today's show notes, and it will also be listed on the Who Are the Brave Companions page. So again, until further notice, look for it on Day 79 or Who Are the Brave Companions page. Announcement three, it looks like my live support group was a go and will be starting on October 7th at my local YMCA. I still need to firm up the exact times and the exact place, so hopefully I can fill you in on all the details next show. And if you're a local Brave Companion and would like to see if this show works in a support group format, I'd be thrilled to meet you. And as I've said, I'm hoping to get all the details to you soon. Besides on this show, I will post the information as soon as it firms up, maybe in a few days, both on CompulsiveOvereatingDiary.com and on my Facebook page. So stay tuned if you're in the local Los Angeles area and would like to meet me and be part of our What's Under Overeating support group. So more on that later. Ta-da! Done! See, I promised you this was all new announcements and nothing <laughs> that you've heard before. Though I'm going to sneak it in. You can still support the show financially by clicking on the Send Me Cups of Coffee and by purchasing things through Amazon.com link on CompulsiveOvereatingDiary.com. And a big warm thank you to everybody who has been calling, posting, and emailing me. I really, really appreciate it. Now I want to introduce two of our newest Brave Companions who both wrote me touching letters in the comments form. And as you will see, even though they reside in different countries, they have some feelings in common. And both are strong, brave women who deserve their places on the Bravery Report today. First up, Maria, who comes from a Spanish-speaking country, writes this. Hi, Lori. I discovered your podcast because I'm studying English and searching among thousands of podcasts to listen. I found yours. I have such a lot of things to say that I don't know where to begin. I feel so grateful to you. I don't feel as isolated and lonely as I did before I found you. I mean, I'm also a people pleaser, and I was taught that I should look always happy, and most people get taken in by my mask. And in a way, I am. But at the same time, there is a hole in my heart that I try to fill with food. It is a very heavy emptiness, full of all things that you talk about, insecurity, repression, I don't know. This is something I have never talked of with anybody but my therapist, and it is something so dark and difficult we all need. I think to feel that we are not alone. I am very tired now. It has been a hard week at the job, and it's not easy for me to write in English. But I wanted to tell you that I think you are making a difference for a lot of people. For me, you are. Your podcast has really helped me. 
Oh, I wish my English were better. I have listened to about 30 podcasts already. Hugs, Maria. Well, goodness, Maria, I'm so happy to hear from you, and I think you write beautifully. Anyway, after receiving this, I wrote back to Maria for permission to share her thoughts, and she gave it to me and also wrote me a very touching letter. And I want to share with you just a part of that letter because I think it will resonate with most of us brave companions. It's crazy. I felt happy when you asked me about this. My comments were worthy to be read. I was worthy. You wanted to greet me. Wow. But all this stuff is so private. One is afraid of what is everyone going to think of you if they know. What I'm trying to say is that perhaps compulsive overeating disorder has a lot to do with the fact of not being able to speak up, out for ourselves, of showing ourselves in words. You once said that when as a child you liked to talk and talk and talk a lot and that sometimes you were told you were disturbing or something like that, didn't you? And that you like to just talk and talk. I find it very difficult to show my real self to others. Inside me there is a little child craving for love, but I play the easygoing woman, as I cannot tell my truth. I don't like to talk too much, but I have to listen a lot. Most people need to be listened to, and I am a good listener. But people pleaser, good listener, where is Maria? Maria most of the time doesn't exist. Perhaps if we existed, if we expressed ourselves more, if we didn't fear to be rejected, if people knew our real inner self, we wouldn't need to eat so much. For me, emotional eating is a way of listening to my inner self, and that is, I think, a good part of this. After always pleasing people, you please yourself with food. After always listening, you talk by overeating. In a sense, it's a victory, only it would be better to find another way to love ourselves, listen to ourselves, and express ourselves. Wow, isn't that powerful, Brave Companions? Thanks so much, Maria. You write and express yourself beautifully, not just because English isn't your first language, but the way you write shares your open heart and soul. And as I said at the opening of what I need to let go of, I think it is very scary to express our real self, to let ourselves be known. And I'm proud of each and every one of you brave companions who takes that step, whether it's calling the bravery hotline, writing to me via email, filling in the comments form or posting comments for all to see. I'm proud of you when you express some of your real truth for us on Compulsive Overeating Diary. But let's hear from our next brave companion. Let's hear from the very brave Amy from Ohio, who shares her deeply personal story with us. And I think it is double brave that Amy not only shared this with me, but also allowed me to share it with you. And I want to give you a heads up in case you have little kids in the room with you. There are some adult themes in here. So if you need some privacy, pause now and then listen on. I'm going to play my little music clip to give you a chance if you need to. Okay, back with Amy. Amy writes, You can use us on the show with my name if you think it'll be helpful to anyone. I have been listening to your shows out of order, and I really believe it's helping me to think outside the box when it comes to my eating issues. I have been compulsively overeating, alternating with anorexia through my 20s and bulimia in my teens. I'm 37 now. 
the episode when it was pondering about the emptiness being caused by being lonely really spoke to me. I was near crying at work. I think food issues can be tied into that in so many ways. My anorexia was after a time where I had been raped by a trusted person in my life. I wanted to be left alone. I liked being alone then. Even though it wasn't what was best for me, I found in my years of trying to work through those times that many with anorexia and bulimia were using the disorders to push others away. So it makes sense that those with that would like the emptiness. I created that time of being alone. But now, 13 years later, I'm a mom of disabled children. My being alone now is a family not speaking to us out of being uncomfortable with my kids. I lost a lot of friends too. I can go weeks without any interaction. So now I'm eating to not have the lonely feeling. I'm not creating myself. So maybe it's a control issue too. I love this show and the bravery report and I want to be on it. Laughing out loud, I thought about how could I be brave? I'm about to graduate college with a second degree and I was sitting in a job that's becoming obvious we were about to start being let go. The work has dwindled. I've been playing the game with myself that I would interview for healthcare jobs I am in school to obtain when I, quote, lost the weight, unquote, and would, quote, look decent for interviews, unquote, etc. Well, I thought, I want to be on the bravery report for something big. Go big or go home, right? So I applied to some local hospitals. Wait, be damned. Thank you for this show. It is really helping me to decide to change my life. Well, Amy, you are on the bravery report in spades. Hooray, Amy, for applying for jobs in the field you really want. Hooray for being brave and sharing your story with us. Hooray for living your life today, no matter what your size or weight. I am so very proud of you, Amy. Hooray to you. Hooray to Maria. You both are on the bravery report, and I salute you from the mountain. You guys are a big deal. And if you want to show your support to Amy and Maria also, please come to Day 79 and give them your hoorays. Let them know how much their bravery has meant to you. I'm thrilled to tell you we have two calls to the Bravery Hotline. First of all, I'd like you to all meet new Brave Companion Courtney, who is on the Bravery Report a record three times at once. The first is that Courtney called us right away when she found the show, and I'm pleased to let her introduce herself in her own words. Hi, Lori. This is Courtney. Um, I just found your podcast last week and was thrilled to find a place where like-minded people can come together and share their struggles and their successes. And basically, uh, I think it was yesterday or today was my first post on the website. And I was met with such a warm welcome from you. And I, I just... I vented. I was just upset and I vented and just threw it all out there. And you sent back the most kind reply. And you know what? It feels so good to be understood and not alone. So keep up the good work, Lori, with this podcast. Um, know that we're out here listening and we... We love to hear it, and um, 
just thank you guys for being you, and I look forward to getting to know more of you on the website. Uh, Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks, Courtney. Secondly, not only did she call, but she also posted her very touching story on day four in the comments section. And for the Triple Bravery Report crown, she followed up and posted her story on the Who Are the Brave Companions page. So please stop by on day 79 to let Courtney know you appreciated her call and or go support her directly on day four or on the Who Are the Brave Companions page after you read her brave story. And this is a great time to ask you, Brave Companion, to please stop by CompulsiveOvereatingDiary.com and visit the Who Are the Brave Companions page. It's a great place to get to know the other Brave Companions. And if you haven't done so already, please post a bit of your story so we can get to know you a little bit better too. It's an A number one guaranteed way to be on the Bravery Report for sure. And speaking of that, next up on the Bravery Report, Donnie went on vacation and ran a 10K. Here she tells us about her experiences and her latest brave step in her journey to gain a better relationship with food and with herself. Good morning, brave companions. This is Donnie. I'm walking, so I apologize for my breathing, but I needed to call today. I Today is Saturday. Saturday is typically a day that I weigh in on the scale. Last Saturday, I was on vacation. So I didn't weigh in. I didn't have the capability of doing that. And so I just didn't. And as you guys know, as I shared, I've really been partaking in intuitive eating. And while I was on vacation, I allowed myself to have a lot of forbidden kryptonite foods that I'd never let myself have before. Well, not never, but since for 10 years when I lived in what I refer to as diet help prison, trying to lose my weight. Um, I created a very crafty list of good and bad foods and those that you could eat and what you can't eat. However, when I was on vacation, I allowed myself to have pieces out of the bread basket, and I allowed myself to have some chips with queso, nothing with reckless abandon. I was on vacation for four days. I believe one time in the four days I ate to the point of, oh, I think I'm a little too full. I should have stopped about four bites ago makes me really proud to be able to say I should have stopped four bites ago instead of, oh, my God, i got to take off these pants and go lay down. I'm too full. Um, there might have been one other time I overate just a little bit. I was pretty proud of myself that although eating the higher caloric food and not the healthiest, not as much veggies as I like to eat and include in my daily diet, I didn't overeat. I didn't just throw caution to the wind. I, I stuck to my intuitive eating. I ate when I was hungry. I did indulge in some treats and stuff, and I did do a little bit of non-hunger-driven eating, but it was more of a social situation. Not, And it, and it wasn't over the top. It wasn't – I felt really strong and in control. I got home. I got right back on track, intuitive eating. I, I mean, I, I didn't really get off track while I was gone, but I got back home and I started eating more of the normal foods that I eat, the vegetables, the whole grains, those types of things, not quite as much dining out, I guess you'll say. Well, back to today, Saturday, I was going to weigh in. I was really on the fence about it because, one, if I weigh in and I'm up on the scale, I might let diet mentality take over. It might really affect me and freak me out. If I weigh in and I weigh the same, 
or a little bit less. I might feel elated. I might, it might go to my head to the other extreme of, oh, look what I did. And it's working like this, so I really can eat all that not-so-healthy food, and, and I'll be okay. When in reality, I know that even if that not-so-healthy food, getting right back on track as soon as I got home is what would allow me to maintain my weight or go down a little bit. My parents did the same. I did wash a pair of jeans and pulled them right out of the dryer and put them on, and they fit the same. They don't fit too tight. Like two weeks ago, I put them on one day, and I could tell I was very, very bloated for whatever reason because they were super tight, and, of course, that did let the diet mentality into my head. But I made it through it. And like I said, I put the jeans on last night after a full day of eating and activity and doing what I do, and they fit the same. So if I am up, it's not a significant amount to affect the way that my pants fit, which I guess what other measure do you have besides the scale than your pants? But this is super huge for me. I gave up tracking August 31st was the last day I tracked. And now to say I'm not going to weigh in today, I don't know how long I'm going to do this. I think that I need to be in tune with my body. And when my brain says, you know what, I think it's time for you to look at the scale now, that I'll have to make a choice at that time. But for today, I'm not weighing in this week. And I feel kind of proud of myself. I'm a little bit nervous. I'm a little bit scared. I'm, I'm terrified of gaining weight back losing all that weight and I mean that's a constant terror in my brain but thanks for letting me share this brave companions I have been under some severe stress the last couple days both emotional mental um financial anything that could go wrong it seems like it is I'm still waiting to hear back on a job prospect and it's driving me insane I've just really been under a lot of emotional stress and distress the last few days but I'm really proud of myself for not eating that and staying in tune with my intuitive eating and just trying to keep on and, and not keep driving the obsession with food. So thanks for letting me share and thanks for keeping alive with us, Lori, and sharing your journey as well because it helps to know that, that we're not alone and we do have other people that are doing this too and that they do understand. Have a nice day. Thank you so much for sharing, Donnie. It's a brave step to forego the scale, I know. And I am sending positive job vibes your way, fingers crossed. You go, gal. You go get them. You make a difference in this world. To wrap up the show, I wanted to feature some comments that really spoke to me in some way. First up is Stephanie from Quebec, who provided us with her excellent list on day 76 about why we might feel blue. And she shares this with me when she hears me read her words on episode day 77. Bonjour, Lori. Now, I can't know the rest how to say this, Stephanie, but I think she's saying, hello, Lori and the Brave Companions. Is it? Oh, I don't know how to speak French, Stephanie. Anyway, bonjour, Lori and the Brave Companions. I shed a tear when you read my comment. Fascinating how my own words resonated in a different way when told by someone else. The way you read it just touched a soft spot. Reading us out loud gives you good voiceover practice, too. Thanks for giving me more to think about. I think I'm on to something with this, and I need to dig a little more. As for Mark's report, hang in there, gal. Your relationship with food is getting better, and that's wonderful. Can you recall your last binge? It's been a while, hasn't it? You are doing great, XX. And Stephanie, I thought about that, and you know, you're absolutely right. I went back and talked to Mark some more and said, do you remember the last time I had a binge or you noticed that like all the chips were gone or the, all the ice cream? And 
honestly, we don't remember it. I don't remember it. It's been so many months now since I've had a quote binge episode where I described the robot aliens coming into my body and thrusting their robot arms through my sleeves and throwing the things down my gullet while I turn my brain off. I've had a few overeating incidents where I know that I'm eating a little bit more than I want to. In other words, it's not because the food is super special, delicious, or I'm hungry, but I'm just, I'm feeling a little bit of anxiety. But what happens now is I note it right away. I say like, oh, I'm feeling this anxiety and here I am eating chips, oh, and I tend to put the chips away. So I really am conditioning my mind to be active. And honestly, when your mind is very aware, most of the time, it kind of is counterintuitive for binging. Binging is supposed to turn your mind the heck off. Binging is supposed to let you relax and be like, Calgon, take me away. But binging doesn't do that for me anymore because all of this talking to you, I think, and me thinking about it in this way all of the time, is really hitting those neural pathways in my brain and making it so that food is no longer a way that my mind will turn off and instead is turned into a gosh darn trigger for me to sit around analyzing what's going on with my life. Foo, I don't like analyzing my life. So what I really want to do now, if I want to turn my mind off, is I sit on the sofa and I watch absolutely junk TV. Like I have reruns of all the seasons of Survivor and I never saw Survivor when it was really on. It's a reality show, if you don't know what Survivor is, where it's just terrible. They put people marooned on different islands and there's backstabbing and drama and physical contests and they're starving to death and not feeling good. And, and I get all involved in this nonsense and this absolute crappy TV takes me away from my own concerns. So yes, I've been binging, but I've been binging on Survivor reruns. So <laughs> I guess there is cross addiction here, though I try to make sure I don't keep my butt on the sofa too much because I'm busy going off to classes or hiking up the mountain or that kind of thing. So anyway, Stephanie, I want to really thank you for your letter and thank you for your secret topics and all of the support that you give to this show because you are a big part of why I love this show so much. Kiss, kiss, and maybe I need to take a French class so that I can read your comments with a better accent and understand what you're trying to say to me. I think that might actually be fun. Maybe I'll look into that when some of my other classes are finished. Then we heard again from an old friend, Amy from Wisconsin, who called the Bravery Hotline several episodes ago. And she is also following the intuitive eating principles and writes this comment on day 77. Thanks for this great episode, Lori. I'm glad to hear that the pants are feeling better after the cool down, but I'm more glad that noticing the tightness of the pants did not send you back into diet mentality. Heat truly does cause your body to retain water and swell a bit, so I'm sure that is exactly what it was. I continue to, I continue to enjoy hearing about your journey. Mine has been an interesting roller coaster. I find that some days I'm just fine and able to eat normally without too much thought, and other days I get a lot of food cravings and really struggle. I have noticed when those cravings are emotion-based, some days I've been able to find another strategy. Other days I have eaten emotionally. I've been dealing with knee pain for months and it has gotten much worse in the last month and the doctor isn't sure what is causing it. I know the pain and frustration is a big source of my emotions as well as the lack of sleep due to the pain of waking me up. I think just putting this down in writing to you may help me. 
I feel sure that I will eventually heal. I just need to be patient and not let me get this down. Thanks for being there. Well, Amy, you know, what you describe for intuitive eating is exactly what I experience too. Some days I feel like, oh, I've got this. I'm not even thinking about it and I'm just pushing the plate away. When I'm done, I'm not even caring. Other days I find myself just feeling a little bit blue or anxious and I notice that I'm eating a little bit more than I intended to. But I think the key here for both of us is like what I said before, we are noticing. And I think that is the big secret that whatever our, our practice is, whether we overeat, whether we don't, when we notice and we see how we feel and we make an adjustment to feel better rather than berating ourselves, I think that adds to our success, not only in our eating realm, but also with our life. And finally, brave companions, if you guys have not listened yet <laughs> to last episode, day 78, which was a total bonus episode while I walked around the park and gave you this tip that you should put the word bravery in every negative comment, whether it comes at you from the outside or whether you say it to yourself. And I asked you to call the bravery hotline or to post your comment on how you were using this tip. And Courtney of the Triple Bravery Crown here, she wrote to me right away and says, Hi, Lori, I have huge bags under my eyes right now, full of bravery. Laughing out loud, thank you for the insight and encouraging podcast as always. Oh, Courtney, you are so welcome. And that just made me laugh. Yes, I have bags under my eyes, bags full of bravery. <laughs> so I am brave today, even if I'm tired, even if I'm stressed. I'm going to look in the mirror now every minute of that day. And if I see a bag under my eye, I'm just going to be reminded I am brave like Courtney. So brave companions, have a great day. If you can, take a small moment out and do something brave for yourself and admit to yourself how you really feel. But take care as always, because I really, really care. I'm a slave without a master, heading for disaster, kicking up the dust in the middle of the road. I've been waiting on a free ride, ticket to a seaside thicket on the edge of Puget Sound. And there I'll sit, I'll admit that I was only just a guest inside my skin. And by the dawn, I'll be gone, it won't be home.